The Old Testament reading for this, the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, comes from the prophet Jeremiah, the first chapter. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is his steadfast love toward us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name.
The epistle reading comes from Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, the 12th and 13th chapters. I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And this is the word of the Lord. And the Holy Gospel, which serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes to us according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. And this is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
In our gospel reading today, we once again find Jesus teaching the crowds. Last week, as we read about him doing this in his hometown of Nazareth, the crowds reacted with anger and rage, trying to throw him off a cliff because they were so upset with what Jesus had to say. Today's crowd in Capernaum, though, has a very different reaction. When they hear Jesus speak, they are astonished. Not because they're scandalized by what he says, but because of how he says it. Unlike most of the other teachers of the day, Jesus speaks with authority. He doesn't mince words. He doesn't ask for debate or alternative points of view. He doesn't end with, eh, but that's just my opinion. He talks as if God's word is important, as if it actually means something, and as if the people should be paying attention to it. And the people are not used to hearing this. And so it shocks them, just like it does people today. Because most people don't want God's word to have actual authority in their lives. Christians included, unfortunately. We want Jesus to be there for us. We want him to give us hope and hugs and uplifting feels. We want him to be our friend, our shoulder to cry on, our buddy who tells us that everything's going to be okay. But we don't want him interfering with our lives. We don't want him telling us that we have to change things or saying that we should be living a better life or saying that his word is important and we should prioritize it. We don't want him exercising any real authority over us because, let's be honest, we like our sins. And when Jesus condemns that sin with any authority, it hurts our feelings. And so, like the people of Capernaum, we are astonished when Jesus speaks with authority because we thought he was all about love. I mean, if God's word has authority, we think it can't be a word of love. Our current culture has convinced us that anyone who speaks with authority and power can't possibly be speaking with love. We're taught to believe that those who disagree with us in any way hate us. We have the mindset that we are independent and autonomous and oppressing us or re- and anyone trying to establish any kind of authority is repressing us, oppressing us, trying to press us into a mold that we shouldn't have to conform to. And so when God says, thou shalt not, with authority, we see it as a personal attack. We see it as his desire to beat us down, to make us be something we don't want to be. When God confronts our sins in our lives, and shows us that those things that we very much love to do go against his divine will, we kick and we fight and we shout, help, help, I'm being repressed. Because the God who loved us, he wouldn't tell us that we're wrong. He wouldn't say anything with power and authority. A God who loved us wouldn't tell us that his way is better, we think. A God who loved us would just let us be who we want to be, would understand our unique and obviously unavoidable situation, and would give us a pass rather than speak with authority and expect us to bow to his will like everybody else. 
And if God's word is loving, well, then we think it has to lack authority. Because again, our society has convinced us that if someone loves us, they'll let us do whatever we want to do. That whole lie about love is never having to say, I'm sorry. We've bought into the notion that to love someone is to never, ever correct them. Schools, parents, governments, all want to be more loving, more open. And so they abandon discipline, refuse to say that anything is wrong, let everybody be who they want to be. Even the church wants to take away the authority of God's word with the idea that it's going to make it more loving. And so they stop talking about that authoritative, repressive notion of sin and just love on each other. And so we believe if Jesus loves us, he wouldn't speak with authority, but with love. He'd ask us, what we thought about the situation. He would get our input. We would have a little back and forth and then come to a a middle ground on it all. He would obviously take into consideration our point of view, our wants and desires, and he would be flexible on his rules because that's the loving thing to do, right? In fact, if Jesus was a God of love, he wouldn't have any rules at all, we think. He would just let us be us. He'd support us in our decisions, and he wouldn't expect anything from us at all. And that's the kind of God that we think would be the bestest. Because most people today don't want a God of authority. They want a God of love. They don't want a God whose word is absolute and unquestionable. They want a God who cares for them and nurtures and protects them. If you ask the average person, and if you even honestly ask yourself whether you want a God of authority or a God of love, the answer is going to be love. And there's a problem with that. Not wanting a God of love. I mean, there's no problem there. That's reasonable. The problem actually lies in the question itself. Do you want a God of authority or a God of love? You see, we tend to think of authority and love as mutually exclusive ideas. That God has to be either one or the other. We think that either God is a tyrant speaking with authority and demanding that we do better... Or he is a meek, wishy-washy pushover speaking with twinkly-eyed love and just letting everything slide. We think of a one-dimensional Messiah who is either nothing but a dictator commanding absolute obedience or death, or he's a limp-wristed hugging machine that's cool with everything and just wants everyone to get along. In rhetorical terms, this is called a false dichotomy. Wrongly claiming that two things have an either-or, mutually exclusive relationship. And it's a big favorite in our world today. Either you support abortion or you are anti-woman. Either you close the border completely or you are letting foreigners take over our country. Either you agree with everything that I say or you hate me. False dichotomies. 
Every single one of them. Because none of those are either-or situations. None of them are a binary choice where I have to be one or the other. There are shades between. Just like God's word is not either a word of authority or a word of love. Thankfully, and shockingly, it's both. Was it with love or authority that Jesus spoke to the demon-possessed man in Capernaum. It was both. He saw the man's desperate need to be set free from the demonic possession. And so out of love, he spoke with unquestionable authority and commanded the demon to come out. He didn't negotiate. He didn't say, hey, uh, Mr. Demon, if it's okay with you, and I don't want to microaggress you here, but when you possess my people, I feel invalidated. No, he spoke with authority, and he commanded the demon, be silent and come out of him. And it happened. When Peter's mother-in-law was sick, was it with love or authority that Jesus spoke to her? Again, it was both. She was sick, quite possibly dying, or they probably wouldn't have bothered Jesus with it. But even if she wasn't, she was in need of healing. And rather than offer her good vibes and whimsical quotes, Jesus stood over her with authority, rebuked the fever, and told it to leave her. And it did. Just as it did with all the people that he healed. He did not plead with the disease and the demons. He spoke. He healed them out of love, and it happened. And when Jesus defeated Satan on your behalf, was that an act of love or authority? Once again, it was both. Jesus did not parlay with the devil, didn't say, bro, can we just hug it out? Out of love for you, because you were bound by the chains of eternal death, enslaved by sin and the devil, Jesus came with unquestionable authority and he crushed the serpent's head so that you could be set free. He shattered the chains of death with authority and with love. Because that's who God is. He's not a single-dimensional paper messiah who's just one thing or the other. He is God. He is beyond our understanding with his complexity and his death. He is righteousness and compassion. He is grace and perfect justice. He is simultaneously unyielding and merciful, unchanging and forgiving. He is authority and love. And in our lives as Christians, his word is both authority and love at all times. When we talk about the law and the gospel, typically our human reaction is we see the law as authority, the gospel as love. The law is bad, the gospel is good. But that's not the case. The law is authority. And it lays out what must be done. God will not be mocked. He sets the rules because he is the creator and ruler of all things. He did not put it up for a vote. We don't get a line item veto. It is what he says. 
He gives us his commandments and his statutes. He calls us to live by them as Christians. He changes us and he demands that we live differently from the world around us, turning away from all of the sinful ways that our culture says are good and right and fun. His law is the ultimate authority and rule in our lives. But his law is also love because it's there for our protection. God doesn't tell us to avoid sin because he wants us to be miserable or he wants us to, wants to see just how obedient we are and how many hoops we'll jump through as he takes away our favorite things. He warns us about the dangers of sin. He establishes his law because he loves us. And he wants us to be free from all the heartache and slavery that the devil and our own sinful flesh lay before us. He gives us his authoritative word as a loving father guides his children. Not randomly pushing them for his own perverse pleasure or to prove that he should be respected, but speaking with authority and love because he truly wants what is best for his children and he does not want to see them suffer from the perils that the children don't see but the father does. And so while we might think that God's law is just authority, it is God's word of authority and love. And God's gospel as well. Clearly it is love, as it tells us that despite our sin, we are forgiven. It tells us that we miserable sinners who deserve nothing but eternal wrath, we are loved by God so much that he gave everything so that we could be with him. We are given the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us of our iniquity. We are given the waters of baptism by which we are united with Jesus in his death and his resurrection. We are given the free and eternal gracious gift of life in heaven, that perfect, glorious paradise that we sinners don't deserve, but we're given because of God's unfathomable love for us. The gospel is the word of love from God. But God's gospel is also authority because it is an unquestionable forgiveness that is sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We don't need to doubt if we're actually going to go to heaven when we die. God himself has promised it and his word is unquestionable. When the devil starts whispering in our ear, making us wonder if we're actually good enough, God's authoritative, unquestionable gospel silences those demonic doubts and proclaims that he himself has purchased and won us with his holy, precious blood, with his innocent suffering and death. And our eternal hope, it's not in some hippy-dippy Messiah of hugs who may or may not actually do something for us. But it is in the unquestionable, unchanging, unyielding, authoritative gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His death and resurrection. That's authority and love in one. This is what the Word of God tells us all throughout the Bible. This is what we as Christians cling to throughout our entire lives and beyond. God's Word of authority and love. 
The world pretends that it has to be one or the other. Either a word of authority with no love or kindness, or a word of love that is open to debate and lacks any power or authority. But thanks be to God, he is far beyond what this world claims he is. His word is a word of both authority and love in every aspect of our lives. In love, he renounces and casts out our enemies with authority. In love, he gives us his authoritative word of law to make our lives better. And in love, beyond all measure, he gives us his unquestionable, authoritative proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Namely, that by his cross alone, by his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.